G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League for another week with our AFL Fantasy Podcast. It uh, doesn't bother with your superstars, we just talk about the guys that are relevant to our Keeper Leagues. As per usual, I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going mate? Good, happy. How are you mate? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, just uh, getting getting back into the working week after a big round of uh, AFL and a big round of fantasy. Mm, there was some very inter- interesting stuff to come out of all of it. And um, well, we just had the mid-season draft last night. Of course. Uh, thoughts on the whole, you know, idea of that? Well, I watched the uh, the TV telecast, I guess, and I thought the uh, production was quite... Uh, it was lacking in comparison to the national draft. <laughs> it was a bit low-key. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I've got no problems with it. Uh, it should be interesting. Uh, sounds like we're going to have uh, debutante already from it, mm. so um, there might be a bit of fantasy uh, fantasy gold, a few nuggets there that we might need to look into. We will, and we'll look into them a bit later. It's just a bit of a weird concept that um, you can pluck guys out of a out of a team halfway through the year, especially when a lot of them weren't actually going to give. Well, it doesn't sound like they're going to get a lot of opportunity this year. Yeah, but I guess every player wants to make it at the top level, and uh, I guess the state leagues kind of benefit so much from the AFL uh, as it is. Um, you know, having that profile of the game, and you know, making the game what it is in this country, that they've got to kind of make way every now and then, and let some of these players go. I think valid point. Yeah. Let's uh, stop talking politics and let's talk <laughs> uh, breaking news. Uh, there's been quite a few injuries this week. Uh, Jared Berry is the first one on top of our list. Two months for him. Uh, a real up and comer of football and fantasy. Uh, Kind of hurts the Lions a bit. Yeah, I'm saying this completely out of bias, but surely uh, Corey, Corey Lyons comes into the side this week, surely. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Someone deep down on the bottom of my list. <laughs> nah, it's got to be all... You'd think that beast mode, uh, Reese Matheson, will be one to come back in after his um, suspension last week. But Tom Cutler still, I don't even know, he's just fallen off the side of the earth. Yeah. And uh, little Bundy, Alan Christensen, he's been playing some good footy in the NEFA as well. So, yeah. probably three likely types. Uh, Jacob Allison as well was mm. uh, looking pretty good on the weekend. We're looking at his stats anyway. So, uh, he might be one that comes in as well. Now, a sad one after a, a pretty good display for a half or three quarters. Yeah. Daniel Wells. Jeez, he, was, he kicked three goals. He almost had 100 points and then a knee injury. Done for three months. Uh, out for life, I think. Could very well be. It's yeah, a bit sad. It is sad. Because he was so good on the weekend. <laughs> it was good in that quarter when he kicked those three goals. Uh, I think the no-brainer is uh, Dugowie coming back here and just yep. replacing him like for like and uh, a much superior player at this point in their career as well. Yes, and the injury concerns keep coming at my Dons. Uh, the package, Jackie Stringer's gone for quite a while and Dylan Shields 50-50 to play this week. Uh, be very interesting to see who kind of comes in for these guys. I, th- I think Dylan Clark should get his opportunity. He's been playing some pretty good VFL footy and he's always one that we've flagged as a good potential scorer as well. Yep. Um, unfortunately, David Myers might be another one who comes back in. <laughs> oh, no. um, even it could be Will Snelling. It yeah, might not true, be actually. straight away, but, um, you know, they were pretty keen on him and they talked him up as the, the Devin Smith replacement for yeah. this year. And he has been killing it in the SNFL and we'll talk about it a bit later, but he could be a real left field one. I'm not sure who represented the uh, Bombers last night because it wasn't Adrian Dorodo, whatever no. his name was. But um, uh, he was saying, the guy that the list manager that they had on there, basically, uh, he was saying that he's pretty much, um, yeah, he's, they're going to look at him seriously mm. for yeah. the second half of the season. So Very exciting. Um, just thinking with those two, or for Shield especially, does Langford uh, receive a bit of a scoring bump? So I noticed he scored pretty well last week. Yep. Um, was that a result of some of this? Maybe Devin and Smith being out as well, just more midfield time there? Yeah, I did talk about it last week and I'm pretty keen on Kyle Langford and I think more responsibility or more opportunity for him is great. And he's a bit of a natural scorer, so I think that he can uh, really push towards a ton this week. 
I actually did uh, pick him up in my redraft and forward on the back of your advice case and he pumped out that, uh, what was it, 90-something for yeah, me. Yeah, so he's handy. Thanks for that. No worries. Uh, Gary has finally been suspended. Thank God. He just uh, <laughs> kept flirting with danger and he finally got... Uh, well, it's not his fault people kept headbutting his elbows and his yeah. fists. So. I was a bit worried that Anthony Miles might have got done for a headbutt, but you know he survived. Uh, so, he's gone for a week uh, and surprisingly, Charlie Constable got injured in the VFL. So, yeah. um, when he's not racking up tons in the AFL, he um, yeah unfortunately gets injured in the VFL and so he's going to miss a few too. So, looks like danger will come back in this week to replace one of them, but yeah. uh, I think... Uh, your boy Lockie Fogarty could be one that uh, pops up. He had a really good game in the VFL on the weekend and he's pretty much a light for light Gary Ablett style yeah. the role he's been playing this year. So do you and like his chances? Him. Yeah, I do because he's been performing well in the VFL and they also played him a lot last season as well. Now, some of these younger guys coming in, Grime Myers, I think in particular, might mm-hmm. be holding him out of a spot. But now Gaz is out. There might be an opportunity for him to jump in and see how he goes. For sure. Uh, Tommy Rockliffe, he has jumped on the plane to China, I've been told. Yep. Uh, he probably a bit 50 50 whether he plays or not. Well, they had, he had a scan yesterday and they said he was all clear. Okay. So, he, there's a very good chance of playing. Interesting one, though, on that one. I know it's a bit off topic because he's, I guess, coming back from injury, but they, they've taken Hamish Hartlett across mm. with him. But basically, SEN, on SEN today, they ruled out that he was even playing. So, I reckon they just take these blokes across for a party. Actually, I know for a fact there was a huge <laughs> party after this um, after this game because I've had a few mates uh, attend it and uh, attend the clubs with the players as well, and it does go off. Well, they do have the week <laughs> off next week. Yeah, exactly. Bias, so, so, it is strange, though, because I would have thought that they'd like to get another game into Hartley in the yeah. SNFL this weekend. So, Well, there's no port in. This is split rounds. Port played last week, so okay. they're not playing this weekend anyway. So I'm pretty sure they're just taking blokes across for a party. Hey, how can <laughs> I get a ticket? Yeah, uh, I wish I was going. Yeah, no. Uh, Willem Drew would probably be the one if there was a change, I would have thought, for Rocky there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, like for like for that one. Yep. Basically. Uh, Josh Kennedy out for a, a bit with the for the Swans. Uh, there's probably a few guys who are in line to jump into that spot. Uh, James Rowbottom, who got dropped the other week, he yep. played well in the, the NEFL. Yep. Dan Menzel also kicked a few snags in the NEFL. And uh, McVeigh is back too. So, potentially one of those guys. Now, I think the uh, most important thing to note out of this is the scoring bump to uh, Jordan Dawson that he's going to receive, I think. They'd want to hope so because he didn't play that well last week. Yeah, but He's been thrown around the last few weeks, and it's kind of like he has. It's it's classic horse. Like he has a good game in the midfield, and then he you know gets less midfield time the next week. So mm. hopefully they just need to actually throw him in there and uh, you know let him do what he does best, and that score fantasy points. Fingers crossed for you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the round rewind. Okay, the round rewind, the section where we review every game from the weekend and uh, talk about any, any sorry, uh, keeper league related players that uh, caught our eye. So I had a look at the uh, Sydney versus Collingwood game on uh, Friday night, and uh, the first bloke I'll talk about is Sam Reed. So he popped up with six goals and 125 points, uh, and this is what happens when he kicks goals. He actually scores monster fantasy scores. Uh, he has had reasonable um, numbers without scoring like goals this year, so he takes a lot of marks and things like that. I think he had an 80 uh, at one point where he didn't actually kick a score at all. So that was pretty decent for, I guess, a 
key forward um, without Buddy, I guess, in a side back then. But he's Buddy's back now, and um, but he's not really affecting him. But I don't know. I still wouldn't trust him as a D five. I don't know. Well, he's um, he's if you look back through his F5, last sorry. yeah, he, if you look back through his last five years, you know he's played what, about fifty odd games, and his uh, season average has never been better than seventy, except yeah. for last year, which we played one game for an eighty. Yeah. So um, he's that kind of you know potentially sneaks into your F five spot if you're you're a bit short. He's pretty safe though. That's about the only thing you could give him. I yeah, think. You if know, you like, need someone to come in and actually get you something, yeah. And there's that off chance where he does pop up and do this. He mm. might be handy, but uh, yeah, it's too hard to predict. Yep. Uh, Oliver Florent. Uh, I liked his game on the weekend. Uh, mm. 18 touches, five tackles, 72 points. Um, I think he's going to get close to a breakout soon. So I reckon it's almost like next year, or it's not going to happen. So yeah. watch him. Watch him for one more year. Watch him closely. And if he does something next year, get on board. If he doesn't, it's uh, time to let go of Oliver Florent. I reckon. <laughs> but give him one more year. I think. Uh, here's the big one. We'll talk about him uh, off air before. Uh, Callum mm. Brown. Yeah. We're really liking the look of this bloke. We did talk about him uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and he looked good. Uh, yeah, in, in a couple of rounds ago. But uh, yeah, he had 94 points and uh, 15 touches, two goals. Um, the interesting thing I saw was he was chucked in for a few centre bounces yeah. in the uh, in the second half, especially late when the game was on the line, which yeah. is uh, very very important. Now he's absolutely class with the ball in hand. So I don't. Know, I think. Collingwood are actually trusting him to actually, you know, take these big moments, I guess, and uh, yeah, play, uh, play, um, play those midfield roles and actually score. He scores pretty well when he does it. But mm-hmm. that said, he's also scored well without, you know, just playing up forward too. So I don't know. I'm a big fan of. Him. I reckon he's absolute class. So if you can get your hands on him somehow, awesome stash for the future. Big time. All about him. Uh, Braden Maynard, 72 points, 18 touches, and four tackles. He's going to be a mainstay in that Collingwood half back line, and he's the perfect D4. I think this season uh, he's a good user of the ball too so that job security is there to stay which we kind of worried about previously but I think he's going to keep that this season and uh, yeah he's going to go all right uh, Ryan Clark is one of your boys mm-hmm. uh, he only had 49 this week and yep. he was uh, used as a tagger so is that the end of his fantasy potential do you think uh, no I'd like to think it's the start of his fantasy potential <laughs> I think it's uh, he did a magnificent job on still side bottom I think he actually was second best for the Swans on the weekend he was pretty good. He, he got away to a pretty, pretty quick start. I think he had 26 points in the first quarter and then obviously really started locking down side bottom, and uh, which almost gave the Swans the game. I think just him getting into the midfield, which we've kind of talked about most of this season, I think yep. is a big one. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, over the next few weeks. It's hard to predict what's going to happen, whether he'll, you know, go back to a halfback flank, stay in the middle, continue tagging. So, it's very hard to predict. So, I think if you can stick with him for the next kind of month or six weeks and then we'll just kind of see where he's at from there because I do feel that, you know, Horse has actually given him some responsibility now to to tag and to to do that. So, potentially that that sometimes can mean uh, a role just as a general midfielder. Yeah. Well, I guess he did such a good job tagging this week. Hopefully, he doesn't have to do it for too long. But I wouldn't Mm. be surprised if uh, Horse makes him do it for a while. But, uh, you know, if he's doing this good a job, he's going to break a few fantasy coaches' hearts as well, what he did to steal side bottom last week. So, hopefully, he sucks at tagging. And so, <laughs> yeah, and so he actually goes back and uh, we'll probably go back to the Neeful if that happens. But, uh, well, yeah, he'll be in the Neeful dream team for sure. <laughs> All right, Rupert Wills. He only had 44 points. Um, so, I was pretty uh, excited to watch this guy over the past three weeks, but I just don't think that uh, VFL form is going to translate to AFL. Hit the lowest time of ground for Collingwood, but uh, so that kind of saves him a little bit. But mm. still, it, was, uh, it wasn't great. So hopefully we see uh, Cy back soon um, mm. as a result of this because they seem to be playing wheels over him yeah, at the moment. Three games, I think, in a yeah. row for Collingwood, and he's and he's kind of improving each week in the VFL. So yeah, he'd have to be a chance this week. The only issue is 
I guess Taylor Adams coming back uh, pretty soon, so that might. Uh, He's not back to after out. the bye, which awesome. has just been said today. So no worries. Yeah, it could be Sierra Clock on Saturday. All right, uh, let's have a look at Hawthorne versus Port Adelaide. So not a lot of players, uh, I guess. I guess there's a fit, a bit of fantasy scoring, but no one really played played that well. But for Port Adelaide, that is. But uh, you know, at least we're one clo- uh, you know one loss closer to a sacked Ken Hinckley. So no. <laughs> positives to take out of this one. Uh, Darcy Burn Jones, uh, he's turning into quite a reliable uh, defender. Mm-hmm. Had 126 points this week, and he had 28 disposals to get there. A lot of marks across halfback. He had eight of those and six tackles too. It's his second ton from the uh, for the year. So he's averaging 89 from the past five games too. So that's pretty handy if you've got. Got him in your defence. Carl uh, Amon, uh, 106 points, 20 disposals, nine tackles, which is uh, the tackles is really unusual for a player who's such a squib. Uh, he loves running Poor away Carl. from the contest. Oh no, it's been too many times. See, there was one where he actually just. He coughed it up in front of goal and then just ran away from his opponent that was coming at him, let him pick up and kick an open goal. It was disgusting. So upon this, he's scoring pretty well, but I just don't know about his job security. There were some really insipid efforts on Saturday. Um, he's always kind of been able to rack up the pill. Can you tell? Have support supporter here. Never seen, <laughs> there's so much, you know, emotional language being used here. It's ridiculous. Uh, he does rack up the pill, so that makes his numbers look pretty good, but he's always in and out of the side, and it's because of these kind of games, you know, where he just absolutely chokes. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be putting uh, too much uh, credit into uh, Carl Amon at the moment. Uh, Matthew Broadbent had 100 points and 28 disposals. So he's someone that uh, I guess always has been reliable, I guess, you know, for that 70 type score. And uh, he had, I guess, he takes the kickouts for Port Adelaide as well, like when uh, at the moment when Burton's really not around and he's the main go to for their kickouts. He's averaging 75, and I reckon he'll hold that for the rest of the, rest of the season. So if he plays, that is, uh, as long as nothing, you know, no injuries happen or nothing like that. So I recommend him for a D5 if you uh, need someone in your side. He looks like set for his job security though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Xavier Dersma, 99 points, 22 touches and five marks. So I guess there's a lot of talk about Rosie as a rising star being the best actual footballer, but I reckon Dersma is going to be the best fantasy scorer out of these Port kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, just plays the perfect role, goes to the midfield, goes across halfback, kicks mm-hmm. goals, gets uncontested touches, uh, exactly what we like. Uh, Sam Powell Pepper, 95 points this week, 21 disposals, eight tackles and a goal. He is not missing Ollie Wines in the side, uh, especially because Rocky went down too. He was kind of yep. left to bear the uh, brunt of uh, Port's midfield. Um, but, yeah, he's playing that inside role perfectly. Only issue, though, was especially in this game, he had 0.5 to 1 kick-to-handball ratio. Yeah. So, uh, handballing a lot. So, those 95 points came from a shitload of handballs. Yep. Um, so... A lot of people would be thinking, though, that the breakout is close for Sam Powpepper, but I don't think he's going to get there. I think this we've already reached his ceiling. What do you think, Hayes? Yeah, well, I think we actually talked about this very early on in the preseason that I don't. I, th- I said that I don't think Sam Powpepper can actually go to that you yeah. know hundred plus level. Yeah. He's because t- statistically through his whole career, even as a junior, he's been a handballer. Yeah. So you know he just can't turn that around, and he's not. Yes. Some people might think the breakout is close, but I actually think that he's probably that 95 average, 90-ish average. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just what he is, yeah. and, and you can't do anything about that. It's his third year in the system. He's broken out, in my opinion, mm. but he's you know he's playing reasonable footy, but he's going to be too, pretty inconsistent. Look, he's in, no, he's in no danger of being dropped from the no, no, side. No, it's just he's just one of those players, you know, a Cunnington-style player yep. who just has a ceiling you know, just below the, the 100 mark. That's, yep. a, that's just what he is. 
I agree. Uh, Jonathan Segler, moving on to Hawthorne now, he had 86 points and he was playing against uh, a first game Ruckman, really, um, with Ben McAvoy out. So my thoughts is just see what you can maybe get from him in a trade. See who's actually paying attention to what's going on at Hawthorne right now, knowing that McAvoy's out, so he's going to see a bit of a scoring bump. But he's also averaging 87 points from his last three. So you could use that as a selling point out there. You know, look how good he's performing. Rah, rah. Um, see what you can get in a trade. He's a, probably a good one because he's rated quite highly out there as well as a ruckman. Um, James Cousins, so he had 84 points and he was solid again. He's been good since coming back in the side. But uh, I noticed in the uh, media last week, uh, Tom Mitchell started running again um, and he reckons he'll be back late season if Hawthorne look like making finals. So that's a possibility. So I guess my question to you, Kays, is uh, which Hawthorne midfielder does this affect the most? I don't think that they'd be dropping James Cousins. He's probably been one of their better players this whole season. Um, you look but out at, of that midfield, though, I can't really think of too many that would come true. out for him. You look at like you know someone like Harry Morrison is still getting a game. Yeah, you know, he's not the first person dropped. Potentially, he might find his midfield minutes diminishing. But yeah. I think that he's he's got the ability to kind of play a bit more outside if need be as well. So yeah, yes, you might see a slight drop in numbers, but I don't think you'll see him out the side completely. You're probably more likely to see someone like Warple push forward or something like that if Tom Mitchell does come yeah. back. Which would kind of be good for Warple owners because mm. he might retain that forward status, which he's no chance of keeping right now. Yeah, and you know, like Sean Bergwijn still playing enough. He has a role, but you know, yeah. he sometimes goes through the middle as well. So yeah. it, it, that might diminish, and he just sits on a half back flank, half forward flank. You know, there's plenty of options, but I think that they've kind of gone. He, They've committed to Cousins, I would say. Well, that's about going back to Tom Mitchell, though. He's only coming in late, so I don't think it's going to affect anyone too much. It might be too late in the season before it actually does. Not this season. Um, all right, Western Bulldogs versus North Melbourne. Uh, Kays, you got to look at this mm. one. What do you think? Yeah, it was the old sack your coach and win a game trick from yep. North Melbourne. Well done. Clever. When, uh, you need to get a co- when you need to get a win, just sack your coach. <laughs> watch, out, every time. watch out, Reece Shaw. <laughs> you might be on the chopping block this week. Um, looking at the... Uh, Ruse, uh, Mason Wood, the old fantasy flirt, did what he does best, a 93 on the weekend, coming off a 24 the week prior. He's just uh, ridiculously untrustworthy. Uh, 90 and 102 are his two best scores this year, but he's also scored a 26, a 46 and a 47. So he basically is, you know, you can't put him on with any faith. It is interesting though, he's only 26% owned, which I think is quite crazy because of the fact that he can score big. So, um, if you are looking for a forward just to kind of fill in every now and then and potentially, you know, choose um, horses for courses, Mason Wood might be one there that you can find. Just uh, on Mason Wood, I guess we're going to talk about the uh, mid-season draft later on in the pod, but uh, it seems like the player that they have actually picked up is kind of a like-for-like for for Mason Wood. Hmm. So, uh, Lockie Hosey from Glenelg is who we're talking about, and uh, yeah, we might actually see some of him actually coming into North Melbourne's side because of, I guess, Mason Wood's performances, but we'll hmm. have to wait and see. And we'll talk about that a bit more later yeah. on. Uh, Cam Zerha, he's one to track for the rest of this season for me. He had uh, 74 on the weekend and he's also had 104 earlier on. He's averaging 66, which isn't anything amazing, but uh, he's got a good size and he's kicked at least a goal a game so far this year. He's currently in his third year, the old breakout year, but I think he's a bit of more of a slow builder kind of breakout. Yeah. And just the way that North Melbourne are going, obviously they need to start playing lots of kids and uh, rebuild a bit. He's just one that I'd like to watch for the rest of the season because I reckon, you know, he's not going to be picked up in too many leagues whatsoever. So just one to look for towards the the next year. Yeah, I haven't watched a heap of North Melbourne this season, but when I have, I've noticed him. He's actually stood out and actually like the look of him. Mm, yeah. Uh, Jackie Zebel, 48. <laughs> Lol. Well, he got after, we back t- after we talked him up last week. He got put back at full forward. Yeah, so. that's what happens. That's the, that's the difference. That's what can kill you. I think I even brought him into my bloody 
Dream Team side, which was bad news. Yeah. Anyway. Keep scoring like that. He might be uh, allowed on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Jackson Trengove, he had 33 from 100% time on ground. That's yep. going to be some kind of record. Just proves when he's not the ruckman, uh, just don't think about fielding him because no. he's not fantasy relevant. Um, Tim English came back, got comprehensively beaten in the yeah, ruck. So but, uh, yeah. I guess is that a talking point? Could... Tim English go out this week and they go back to Jackson Trengove because it did not work for them at all and he was absolutely monstered. Uh, well, Jackson Trengove probably would have been monstered too. Yeah, Cordy true. got monstered. You know, he, yeah. I think Goldie had 57 hitouts or something crazy like yeah. that. So I just think that the Bulldogs have to, they're probably going to realise that they're going to come up against these sides with massive Ruckman who English, Trengove, whatever, can't really beat. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they'd be dropping Tim English just for that. I hope they do because you've got him. That's all. Oh, like I've got the powerhouse <laughs> Nathan Vardy to back oh, up. Oh, what a game. We'll talk about him later too. <laughs> uh, Bailey Williams, he really does continue his disappointing 2019 with a 57 in his return game. But I'm going to make a big call. I'm going to call hold the faith on him. So, Mitchie Wallace and Hayden Crozier are out for the next few weeks until after the bye. So, I reckon this is going to give Williams a few more opportunities, especially with um, Crozier's halfback flank kind of opening up for him, which uh, where he played his best footy last season. The good thing about Williams is he's only 47% owned. So, um, if you are kind of scraping for a backman or, you know, um, want to take a bit of a punt, I think he's got some form, you know, from the last few years. Uh, obviously, hasn't come on, with, come on with it this year, but you could do worse than pick up Bailey Williams at the moment. I reckon he's going to be trash, to, to quite Trouty a few weeks ago. Well, he, let's have a little- He's done. <laughs> well, I'll take you on there. Uh, and Patrick Lipinski, another one. He had 78 in his debut game for 2019. He'd been racking them up really nicely in the VFL as we were monitoring. And I was pretty excited to see how he went. And 78 is a pretty solid first game for the year. And I just think with those above opportunities with Wallace um, and Crozier out, I think that just means that he has more opportunity in there, midfielded in some prime moving time. He's got some serious talent and he's only 40, 40% owned too. So he's yep. a big get on board for me. He's a centre forward. Uh, DPP, I think uh, I'd be buying shares in Lipinski at the moment if I could. Yeah, nice. And Bailey Smith, 93. Just hold him, buy him, do whatever you can to get him on your list because he's a bloody jet. He's averaging 82 in his last four, which has included three 90s. Yep. Only 63% own, which is crazy. And, um, you know, if you can somehow sneak him in and, you know, retain him next year, you'd be crazy not to. Lowest time on ground for Western Bulldogs again on the weekend. He's a freak. Yeah. He's just not getting any any press whatsoever. But from fantasy-wise, you've got to get him in. All right, moving on to the Adelaide versus the uh, West Coast Eagles game. I watched this game from uh, Brew Boys Brewing Co. down the road uh, at Regency Park. So, uh, fine little establishment. Drink and a nice local. Little, nice little plug. But uh, anyway, uh, we'll move on to this game. So, Cam Ellis Yeoman, 134 points, 30 disposals, 10 tackles. He's now averaging 87, and this mm. is his career best fantasy season so far. So, I don't know. We've been talking about it when... You know, um, Crows get their best midfield up and running. Cam Allen and Selman's definitely going to get dropped when that yep. happens. I don't see it happening. <laughs> he's the heart and soul. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, he's cemented his spots and uh, he's probably earned it as well. Yep. So, uh, yeah, uh, good on you that have uh, Cam Ellis Yolman uh, on your on your squad. And he's tackling. You yeah. know, he's like Greenwood. They just rack up tackles and yep. that is just fantasy gold. Yep. Uh, Riley O'Brien, he had 106 points and uh, 40 hitouts. But I did read that Sam Jacobs is aiming to return this week. I'm not sure whether that'll be Sandful or straight back into the ones. I'd probably give him a run in the two first. Uh, it's been out for a while and uh, I guess O'Brien's actually been playing pretty well but I guess yeah. this begs the question should he replace O'Brien? It's a 
big one. Yeah. Because they're definitely not going to play both of them because they're both big, yeah. slow galoofs. Um, Especially if Jenkins is going to come back sometime soon. Yeah. Crows are playing Melbourne this week in Darwin, so I don't know yeah. if that necessarily is the best game for Jacobs to come back I wouldn't in. be bringing him in. No. Nah. Yeah. But uh, I guess, I don't know, but yeah, I'm saying just- Line onwards, what's going to happen? But I guess most owners would actually have them both handcuffed anyway. There wouldn't be too yeah. many, you know, O'Brien owners out there that don't have Jacobs as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting. As you, you don't know what's going to happen if they ever get Grundy or... But, you know, you you have to think that O'Brien is the future for the Crows, Rockman. Yeah. You know, he, he's been great this year. You, you, did, you did mention Grund- Grundy, and I'm not sure if this is our national press, but apparently Crows are coming in hot for Brody Grundy. So, mm. we're hearing a lot in Adelaide. So, I'm not Super sure if it's, um, if it's uh, big news elsewhere in the country. But uh, yeah, anyway, I don't think it's going to happen. But anyway, move on. Uh, Bias. Na- <laughs> uh, Nathan Vardy. So, on to your man. My 86 man. points, 48 hit outs. Um, scores his best uh, score of the year when Hickey's out. Yep. So, I guess that's telling. Uh, he comes up against Western Bulldogs and I reckon he'll get similar hit outs for versus Tim English. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I know, I reckon he's probably worth fielding this week if you've got him. I'm going to field both Tim English and Nathan Vardy. Because Vardy's a forward as well, isn't mm. he? Yeah, so he's probably worth uh, actually putting him on. Yeah, and that's how well my team's going as well. Well, at least you can't, to, you can't lose then. two shit right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You'll get one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack Darling and Josh Kennedy, so uh, 94 and uh, 75 respectively. So, uh, yeah, solid return from uh, both. Um, West Coast have hit a bit of a form as well, so mm. I'm just hoping I see these two guys' numbers rise because they were, I guess, decent fantasy performers in our forward lines uh, yep. for many years and they've um, dropped a bit this season, but I think as they build form, they'll come back. Kennedy was always one that was going to be a slow build from injury this year. For and, sure. Uh, it's just happening now. All right. I don't know why. I think I just uh, assumed you would be watching the Essendon game, so I actually sat down and watched the uh, Gold Coast Suns versus Geelong game mm. and I thought it was going to be the worst game of all time, but it was actually good for a half until I actually fell asleep in the last quarter inevitably. Hashtag dad life. <laughs> it's, been, it's hard to stay up past nine o'clock these days. Uh, first player I had a look at was Cam Guthrie. So, 170, uh, 170 point, 107 points. Jeez, 170. That's our Ryan Clark Neeful numbers. Yeah. Anyway, 22 disposals, 11 tackles, uh, averaging 89 this season. Uh, two big tons this year, and he's had two big scores in the 90s as well. He has a bit of clearance time as well, so I guess midfield time, sorry. And, he, and his clearance works really good. So, uh, I don't know. Do we consider him? I kind of think you do. He yeah. did have a couple of good seasons a few years ago before he kind of fell off the side of the earth. Yeah. Uh, he's he's obviously going to play that role and, and rack him up. Yeah. You, you kind of have to start trusting him now, which is kind of horrible to say. His disposal is a bit of a worry mm. and uh, Geelong do seem to drop blokes on the back of poor disposal. I guess like Charlie Constables, you think someone that would be yeah. a mainstay in their midfield going forward, but no, they're not afraid to drop him if he's not uh, hitting the targets he should be. So you got there's a bit of a concern there, but I think he's scoring well enough to definitely take a punt on him in fantasy. Uh, Tom Atkins, 96 points. That's his best score of the season and uh, showed some real potential in this game, but I still want to see more. Now, he's a mature age player and he's never really ranked elite in any category at a VFL except for tackles. And mm-hmm. so in this game, he got a shit ton of tackles as well. I think it was like 11 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that's where he's going to get his points from. Uh, but yeah, I think we still need to see more before we can actually throw anything behind him. Uh, another one that had a, another decent game was Jordan Clark. So he was reasonable with 84 points. And again, someone we probably still need to see a bit more of. He's always been a 2020 prospect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Darcy Fort, so 41 points this week. Does he mm-hmm. hold his spot, case? Interesting. Uh, yeah. I know Abbott had another good game yeah. in the VFL. So I'm thinking. Are they getting to the point where you know, 
do they they might give Fort one more just to see you know give him three games give him a bit of a run but yeah. um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the swap for Abbott or Radicalia maybe yeah that's what I'm thinking uh, Darcy McPherson and the big DMAC my boy uh, three big games in a row now and he's averaging 88 this season but mm-hmm. the uh, I guess the impressive numbers are 95 from his last five I really like the look of him but uh, he's no chance of keeping his forward status next season he's everywhere at the moment it's true uh, we've got a question about this kind of stuff later which we'll touch on then but uh, even as an 88 average you know second third year player I'd be holding him next year definitely uh, Nick Holman uh, 90 points uh, voted the worst keeper in our league this season <laughs> uh, can actually score okay he's only averaging 64 but he pops up here and there with some decent scores so I'm thinking he might have a future wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> Wouldn't that be <laughs> yeah, amazing? shit we gave the guy who kept him this year. But anyway, we'll move on to uh, Dreamtime at the G case. Dreamtime at the G and the new rising star nominee for the round, Liam Baker. Jeez, uh, I love this kid. We talked about him a fair few weeks back and he just keeps delivering 24 touches, nine tackles and a sausage roll for 112. Uh, he can seriously play. Uh, so much time for him. He's a forward, 67% so if you can get him get on board because um, he just keeps delivering uh, Josh Caddy to me he looks back um, he's been playing a lot more midfield time he's that kind of started in the Fremantle game a few weeks back and he's really starting to score well off the back of that so he had a 92 points with uh, 24 touches um, potentially Cochin coming back in soon might stifle that but uh, at the moment yeah. he looks to be one of the the, the better movers of the ball in the, in the Richmond side Yep. Noah Bolter continues to play well as well he had 18 touches only the 11 hit outs uh, for his 82 points Points. He's definitely going to keep those good numbers up regardless of who's the, the first ruckman. Uh, he just seems to be playing that second fiddle ruckman and uh, floating forward very, very nicely and is really a big part of the, the Richmond side. Yep, no, they need him at the moment and he's uh, going to keep scoring well because he's getting mm-hmm. more and more responsibility. Yeah. Uh, Callum Coleman-Jones, uh, he had his debut and obviously he's probably going to go out this week with Ivan Soldo returning. And while he didn't dominate the ruck, he still got around the ground pretty well. So he had 13 touches, three marks and five tackles for a, a nice debut score of 66. bit Tim Englishy for me, you know, just because he's slight frame, Sucks. still learning, going to be a jet one day, <laughs> great, great ball winner on the ground, you know. So, um, I think if you've got him or, you know, you need to handcuff a, you know, a four-way handcuff with Bolter, Soldo, Nank in him, I think uh, you have pl- plenty of faith doing that so moving if forward. If you're handcuffing four Ruckman, you're uh, battling, I think. Yeah, but when you're going to get a star <laughs> like English slash Coleman Jones, you know. So you're probably handcuffing four Ruckman on your side, are you? Uh, no, I'm not. I <laughs> Drafted badly. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Tom Bell Chambers here to field day. He should have obviously playing against two uh, very inexperienced rucks. He had 111 points, 15 touches and 40 hitouts. Uh, now, obviously, he's not going to get a game like this every week, um, but hopefully it gives him a bit of a confidence boost going forward. He's been kind of scoring 60s for the last few weeks and uh, he needs to get out of that ASAP if the Bombers are one to improve and how uh, his fantasy coaches are going to have anything to, to write home about. So, you never know. It could have been a game that just shook him up. So, just keep an eye on him over the next couple of weeks. Um, Kyle Langford, we talked about him earlier, had a great game and um, he's just going to be one that keeps building. So, 96 points with 22 touches for him, more responsibility, more opportunity in the midfield. Watch him and his numbers go up. And Darcy Parrish, he only had his fourth career ton on the weekend, 101. For a guy who gets a lot of talk uh, and press, he's uh, finally delivered. He just scores way too indifferently for me and I find it hard to trust him. He's not even averaging 80 this season and for a player of his 
potential uh, ability, he should be averaging that for sure. I thought he was averaging higher than that. Didn't he start yeah. poorly but had a good run the last few weeks? He's averaging 79 point something this year. So, yeah. you know, that just shows – and that's off the back of 100. So, it just shows how, um, you know, poor his season's been. Um, and I just don't know. I, I just can't peg him. He's a frustrating player to watch. Yeah, I don't mind him. As, I think you've got probably – you probably watch him a bit closer than I do. But he always seems to pop up for decent scores uh, every now and then. Yeah, he can go missing for a quarter. Like, yeah, he'll okay. be hot for a quarter and then he disappears. And that, that yeah. frustrates both AFL and fantasy watchers. Yeah, those players piss me off. Mm. Uh, Melbourne versus GWS. So, uh, Marty Hoare, the guy that our mate Tom doesn't know what it looks like, uh, he had another solid game with 74. And that's basically been his average this season. So, yeah. I had a real good watch of him uh, on Sunday Arvo he actually looks a player like um, yeah. the demons are pretty confident in his ability he just has a real crack which I like and I think he's going to be one that only gets better yeah a lot of talk about Jake Lever coming back into the side and how that would affect him and you know there was thoughts before this week he might even get dropped but I reckon he's going to hold his spot now I think he's played so well and you know I know that Melbourne's injury list is massive and they've got May Lever maybe KK to come back in you know you, you don't know but maybe KK. I, th- I think that um, <laughs> you know Hoare has you know, served them pretty well. I think deserves a few more chances when they are at full strength. Yep. Uh, Billy Stretch is another one who's been pretty good this year. Be interesting to see where he uh, ends up in the wash when they get uh, a fully fit team back. But he had an 81 on the weekend and is averaging 76 in his last five games. Uh, just looks like someone to have a bit of upside. He's only 22 years of age and I think, um, you know, Melbourne have a bit of time for him. So might be one just to keep monitoring for the rest of this season and see how he tracks along and uh, see how he holds his spot. Yep. Another one I think has got uh, real potential. Hmm. Uh, Christian Petraka, he had a serviceable game for 83. Is he one of the most disappointing players in the AFL, yes. especially fantasy-wise? Yes. Well, yeah, there's a lot of Port Adelaide players that are pretty disappointing. But outside of that list, uh, yes, he's a pretty disappointing There's AFL not. Player. He's had so much press and, you know, how good he is. But, yes, he can do a flashy quarter or two, but he just can't dominate a whole game. He no. only averages 69. Yeah. Um, look, if there's someone who is actually willing to – you know, uh, take him off your hands, he'd be one that I would actually be willing to give up. He's still got this name that, you know, people think he's going to, you know, all of a sudden be a hundred plus scorer. He's not, he's only scored four tons in his life. I can't remember the specifics, but earlier in the season, I did make a big offer. It was like round two, round three to uh, someone in our league uh, who actually owns him and he Mm. turned it down like within seconds. He's like, no, absolutely no way. But I reckon if he had his time again, he'd be taking it. (laughs) 69. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Looking at the GWS side, Harry Perryman, uh, another good game from him. He had 83, so he came off that 104 last week. And the only other score he had was an injury in round one. I just like the look of him. He's just got poise, he's got class, and he just keeps racking him up. I'd be buying stocks in him yep. ASAP. Definitely get on he's, board. Um, yeah, 66% owned, so still around in, you know, basically a third of leagues. So I'd be getting on board if I could because he's a defender this season. So um, get in this year. Uh, just to wrap up the GWS, you know, just more solid scores from your Nick Haynes. Adam Tomlinson's and Jeremy Finlayson's. Just three guys that we kind of keep talking about week after week who are just great depth players. Um, and I just can't see those kind of scores dropping out with GWS. So if you've got like a spot for your, your D4, D5, or even your C7 um, in some deeper keeper legs, I just have no issues fielding these guys week in, week out. Yeah, I was uh, lucky enough to pick up Finlayson as a rookie on our in our, in our leagues. That means I can actually keep him on the rookie list for another year without having to, uh, mm. you know, include him as one of my keepers so 
I'm very happy with that pickup. Yeah. Only issue is, I guess, I, I recruited him as a defender and now he's probably going to be a forward. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you take uh, the good with the bad, I guess. If he's scoring, it doesn't really matter where yeah, they play. Exactly. Uh, St. Kilda versus Colton. This was a real spud fest. I watched most of this game. I don't know why I keep getting sucked into these uh, <laughs> shit Because there's so many, football. F- so many fantasy, uh, you know, keeper league relevant players yeah, in the spud team. But there was one ton scored in the whole game. Yeah. So, uh, I just don't know what to think about football anymore. Uh, but Jay Gresham for the Saints, he actually looked the goods finally. He had eight, 98 though from 29 touches. So usually if you're scoring, if you're having 29 touches, you're going to ton up. Uh, but he does handle quite a lot. Um, look, he's just done what he should be doing weekly. Like he's got so much talent in the world and I'm still not willing to trust him just yet because, you know, if you're getting that much ball, you should be tonning up and yeah. I just want more from you before I start, you know, preaching your name from the rooftops. A kind of like a good footballer, bad fantasy scorer kind of mould at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Blake Akers, he returned to some kind of fantasy form with 91. He played a really nice roller cuff halfback, basically a bit of a floating role. And, you know, with his size and uh, ball use, probably was quite handy for the Saints. Um, if he can kind of maintain this role, which is the big one, I think his average will rise quite a lot. He... Um, he can play. It's just uh, he's been kind of a bit lost out there on the field. So, uh, just one to monitor as well. Josh Battle, when we've talked about a few times, he yep. is my 2020 lock for sure. Uh, 76 on the weekend. Just takes a great grab um, and had eight marks there. So, uh, just keep your eyes on Josh Battle. Yep. Uh, Mitch McGovern, I would not touch <laughs> with a 10-foot pole. Neither. He's so far off it. I know he kind of rolled his ankle, but uh, he only had 32 and he was just nowhere to be seen. Um, you know, he was scoring pretty reasonably at the Crows yeah. and you kind of thought, oh, well, he's the big boy down at, at the Blues now. His uh, scoring should increase, but nah, he's he's not... No, just don't go near him. Yep. Uh, Liam Stocker, 12 touches for 52. I didn't really notice him that much. He's um, kind of a bit of a nothing player at the moment. But look, it was never going to be his year, I don't think. Just keep monitoring him. He's just not a Sam Walsh. And he's just been caught up in all this hype because of the the trade they did. So he he might end up being a great player, but he's just not ready there just yet. He's also got very low time on ground numbers and they're just sticking him in a back pocket when he is Mm -hmm. there. He's not actually, you know, he's a midfielder and he should be playing midfielder, but he's not actually going into the Carmen's midfield. He's just getting experience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Matt Kennedy, I watched him quite hotly because I had him in a multi and he let me down. Uh, <laughs> he started hot, but uh, was very disappointing, only scoring 55. I think he had like 15 or 16 touches. He looked slow out there and just not damaging. Like I remember when I was watching him when he was at GWS, he looked damaging. He almost looked like a uh, what Tim Taranto looked like a year or two back and he just has not come on. I'm really quite worried for Matt Kennedy owners and he probably does get another run, but man, he needs to lift. Yeah, I guess he did have a very interrupted uh, preseason uh, with injury and things like that, and played a, spent a fair bit of time in the uh, two. So mm. I wouldn't be writing him off just yet. I think he needs to get a bit more, uh, bit more fitness under the belt. I think, and we've seen what he can do at GWS. But I'm just interested to know what uh, was in your multi with Matt Kennedy. How on earth did just he a, end up in there? I was uh, wanting him to get 20 touches. Oh, geez, that's ambitious. Well, <laughs> if you look at his statistics, he actually kind of averaged his 20 touches most yeah, times. First game back, though, wouldn't be. And he had him. like six touches in the first quarter. I was like, yes, yeah, yeah. Matty, go. For it. I'm he, a Kennedy owner, so I was pretty excited when I looked at the scores. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it just kind of reaffirms that I don't have much faith in any Colton players. You know, Nick Newman played an absolute stinker. I th- think he scored 90, but he was horrible. Charlie Kerno comes in out of games. You, you just can't trust any of these Blues guys. 
Yep. All right. On to the Fremantle-Brisbane game. And the final game of the rounds, Nathan Wilson, your boy, returned to a bit of form with 100. He um, About sh- fucking time. He showed a lot of dash. He was really good. Um, received a lot of ball, had 30 touches. And if his role was kind of slightly changed or the Fremantle, you know, uh, mantra has changed a bit, he might be worth kind of um, getting involved in because... He, he looked really good on Sunday, so um, hopefully I he can continue more that likely form. to see another 60 from him this weekend. So. Ooh, that's, a, that's a heartbroken owner there. <laughs> oh, I've just had him, yeah, had him too long. I know what he, I know what he does. Uh, I know Rory, his type. <laughs> Rory Lobb, uh, keep talking about it. As a first Reich option, he's so valuable. 94 points, 27 hitouts. He actually had six more hitouts than Steph Martin. Yep. That's scary for Steph Martin's future. Mm. Uh, Talon Jaman, another solid game, 73. He looks good. He's got poise. Uh, yeah. Could have easily kicked a couple snags too. And um, he take, took eight marks, which is um, quite nice. Uh, yep. He's a good receiver of the ball. And uh, I think he's going to be one to monitor for the rest of the year. He, he's got some goods. Brett Buley, the um, middle-aged recruit for, for Fremantle. He only scored 38 on the weekend, but I actually quite like the look of him. Uh, he had 11 touches, but his his disposal was really, really nice. Um, yeah. Just interesting to see if Ross gives him a bit more game time, um, but uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, 38, you can easily jump off quickly, but I'd, I'd still keep the faith of him because I think he's got a bit of talent. Yeah, I hope he stays. Harris Andrews, I just love this kid as a player. He scored 74, which is obviously nothing specky, but for me, the perfect D4-5. Uh, 10 marks, 15 touches. He's just super consistent. That's just what he kind of pulls out week to week. So along that Nick Haynes kind of mod where you can just whack him in, forget about him and have your worries elsewhere. Charlie Cameron, shit, he could have been anything at quarter time. I think he had yep. three goals and then just got shut down. Uh, 73 for him, but which is obviously still serviceable. But man, I think you talked about it last week. Yeah. It's just showing glimpses of maybe going to the next level and almost becoming a, a midfielder or a really dominant, you know, forward scorer. He's the one small forward that I actually want on my side at the moment, but uh, I can't get him. And lastly, Mitch Hinge. Uh, he had a quiet first game, but he actually looked pretty handy on Sunday night. He uh, had a bit of dash, and I think he should hold his uh, his spot to my eye. Interestingly, he's a defender and only 3% owned. Now, I'm not saying get involved and get in deep, but, um, you know, just monitor him because he's, he's not around in much league, in many leagues. So... That's it, Hef. That's the round rewind. All right. We'll move on to From the Twos next. All right. Moving on to From the Twos, the segment where we take a look at all the state league scorers, see how they fared and if there are any chance of uh, coming into the ones next week. So we'll start off with the great state, as per usual, the Sandful. So the Crows didn't play this week, so it was only uh, Port Adelaide. So Sam Mays actually top scored uh, for the Magpies with 116. Willem drew 113. Now with Rocky's injury, he could uh, yeah definitely come back in if that uh, doesn't mm-hmm. get up there. Joe Atley had 93. Now Jack Trengove, I reckon they've got to do something about this. So he only had uh, 87 on the weekend. So I, I think reckon he's injured. Oh, really? That's why. I was going to say drop him. He's still him. averaging 140. Yeah, I was going to say drop him. 87 is <laughs> not good enough for uh, Jack Trengove. We expect at least 150 from that guy. Uh, and Kai Pudney, uh, guy we talked about earlier on in the season, mm. uh, does have a fantasy game. He is just an absolute weed at the moment, and he needs to put on a bit of size. But, uh, yeah, I reckon he's going to be a good fantasy scorer in the future. He had 78, and he's averaging uh, 89 in the uh, SNFL this season, so not bad for a, for a very small kid uh, playing senior footy. 
Yeah. Uh, the VFL, Caden Brand, had 142 out of nowhere. Yep. His uh, average this year is 85, uh, had a 44 two weeks prior, so a big game from him. Yep. Tommy Candle keeps dominating the VFL, 139 yep. from him on the weekend. Yep. Interesting to see what Reese Shaw's uh, in. You know how he wants to coach, and if yeah. Tom Campbell can come in and play um, behind Goldie, you think Tom Campbell would be the number one ruck at Western Bulldogs right now if he was there? Yeah, what, he would. Yeah, what's he doing? <laughs> Don't know. Uh, Mabar Chol, uh, 130 from him. Uh, obviously, probably not coming back in with Soldo returning to the Richmond side. Scooter Selwood, 117. Yeah, he, uh, backed up 112 from last week. Going big in the VFL. Yeah, could we kind of see him come in? He's uh, he's a good tackler. Doesn't matter because sure. when he plays AFL. He's Scores 40 anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> and Aaron Hall, the forgotten brew, uh, 115 from him. Could now, be he's a chance. someone, yeah, now mm-hmm. with a new coach. Uh, you know, you might actually want to play these uh, recruits that you're paying big money for and uh, yeah. brought in this season. So, yeah, he might be someone we'll see uh, in the North Melbourne side again soon. Uh, onto the Neefel, your boy Jackson Haley, 135. Yeah. He uh, top scored. Get him in. For the Neefel players on the weekend. Uh, James Rowbottom, 134. Someone else we think we might be able to come in. Uh, Josh Scullin, Field 132, Darcy Cameron 129. I don't know why Sydney uh, Sydney always bang on about their ruck problems and they took another ruck in the mid-season draft but they never played Darcy Cameron so Crazy. I don't know. Uh, Alan Christensen uh, 119 so he's definitely someone who could come in this side for the injured Berry. Mm. Uh, and the waffle, Keegan Brooksby 118 from him could help out West Coast if they need. Josh Smith, uh, the guy who's also at the West Coast had 117 um, can score when he does play so it would be interesting. Don't think he will come into the West Coast side though. Uh, Steph Giro, 116. He's having a pretty good season there. Here's the big one. This is the big one. We need a drum roll sound effect. Harley Bennell, 114. He's back. Wow. Everyone get on board. Watch him do a calf at training <laughs> this week. Uh, geez, it would be amazing if he played because the kid can seriously play. I think everyone, you know, the, the all this kid, off isn't he like an old man? Yeah, yeah. true. But, you know, <laughs> there's so many off-field indiscretions he's had, but you forget how good at football he is. And Mitch Crowden is just the most consistent uh, waffle player this year. He's yep. turned up again, 101. Yep, get him in, uh, Ross. He deserves a spot. He does. All right, uh, that wraps up from the twos. And next we'll look at the mid-season draft. Okay, last night was a, uh, a big night for football, the first mid-season draft, uh, I guess for a, for a long time. I think there was uh, one back in the day, but uh, yeah, for the uh, for going forward in the future, this is something that's going to become a regular fixture of the season. So we're going to look at the uh, top fantasy scorers in the uh, lower leagues mm. or the league that they were playing in um, out of this draft crop. So I don't know if we'll go through all the players who, uh, who actually got drafted because there are a few stinkers in there. But uh, I guess we'll go through the ones that we think could come in and may uh, make mm-hmm. an impact. So the first one we're going to talk about is uh, Will, Sme- uh, <laughs> Will Smelling. <laughs> Will Smelling. Uh, he got picked up by Essendon. Now, he's an ex-Port Adelaide player, so I know a bit about this guy. But he's having a super season in the Sandful playing for, uh, yeah, uh, West Adelaide, sorry. Um, so, Kay, as you were saying before, he could be a uh, light for light for Devin Smith or someone like that to come in. Well, yeah, they did talk about that in the telecast last night. And he's, um, I think he's fifth in the SNFL disposals this year. Yep. He's leading the tackles. He's averaging about 10 tackles a game. And yep. I looked on the stats earlier. He has 17 more tackles than his nearest rival, which is Jack Trengove. Yep. And Snelling had played one less game than Trengove. So, so, 
yeah, right. that just kind of shows what kind of player he is. And if you think about what Devin Smith was doing best last year, it's getting touches and tackles. So they were quite right about the same, you know, kind of setup of a player. And he's averaging 128 similar. Dream Team points in the Sandful. So yep. um, potentially not this week, but he, if there's going to be one player, you know, obviously we've we found out that the Bulldogs boys are going to play this weekend. Um, Gardner, but, um, you know, he could be one that we see very soon. All right. The guy who went at number one was uh, Josh DeLuca. So, he's averaging 103. So, again, someone that, uh, yeah, could come in for Carlton because uh, I guess they're pretty struck for ideas at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they might um, actually have a go with this guy. Um, Cody Hurst uh, from the Eastern Rangers, he got picked up by Sydney. So, um, I don't know where he sits, but he averages 100 uh, – sorry, he averages 99.9 uh, in his uh, – in the NAB league there. So, Again, someone we might see. And the last one we'll uh, probably talk about is uh, Josh Noble, another West Adelaide boy. So, West mm. Adelaide got their uh, two best players um, picked up in the uh, in the competition. So, yeah. yeah. Hurts for them. You can't see Michael Noel playing at Sydney, uh, the Rutman there. Nah. It'd be a stretch to see him. Uh, Mitch Reardon at Gold Coast, he's averaging 87 in the Dandenong Stingrays team, whatever they are called. But, you know, it'd be hard-pressed to see him crack into the side. Lockie Hosey's the one that you talked about. Uh, he's heading to North Melbourne. He's the SNFL leading goal kicker at the moment. Yep. Uh, averaging about three snags a game, averaging 87 points as well. You know, North Melbourne can't really kick a goal at the moment, so he could be one that could play. Yeah, I reckon he might come in. So he's a perfect replacement for, or not for replacement is the best word, but mm. definitely for Mason Wood if they're looking to try something different. Uh, he definitely could be somebody who comes in there. And Cam Sutcliffe, will he play? Uh, not sure. I'm not sure if that was just kind of a way to kind of give him a bit of a pay rise for being the Port Adelaide Sample captain or not. Sneaky um, deals yeah, down at Allerton, is it? I wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, there's been a few uh, things like that in the past, not just from Port Adelaide, but from other clubs. But uh, yeah, we won't um, won't go too far into that. Um, the other one I want to talk about, I guess, is uh, Kyle Dunkley. So, mm. um, plays at Footscray. He's the brother of Josh, I believe. Yep, he is. Um, yeah, does he play like Josh Dunkley case? Well, by the stats, it doesn't quite look like it. He's yep. uh, school averaging 59 this year in the VFL. So, um, I'd be hard-pressed to think that he will be racking up Josh Dunkley-style numbers. Yeah, interesting to note as well. There are a couple players in there like Jack Mayo and Dylan O'Reilly that uh, don't really play seniors in their respective comps. Mm. Um, so, well, they're both playing the waffle, but they don't actually play in the seniors. So, they're actually picking up some kids with some potential. Um, I'm not sure how this goes. Is this something they want to look forward to the future and actually try to – because they can re-sign and pass this they year. Can they can re-sign them pass yeah. this year so they get first dibs at them, which, yeah. which I actually don't like because yeah. I've got no issues with the mid-season draft and taking guys from, you know, your SNFL clubs, VFL clubs yeah. to stock up your, your, play, your, your team from this year. But when you're taking them with absolutely zero, you know, thought of playing them this year, what's the point? Well, I'm just well, I'm, I'm, I agree with you there, but I'm thinking from a fantasy perspective, these kids must be showing something. They must be, you know, looking like they could go in a draft next year, I guess. Mm. Um, and yeah, to actually, you know, they obviously missed out in the draft last year, but uh, to grab them and you know have them, uh, you'd think they'd stash them going forward, especially if they're not playing seniors. You think so? It's like a there. keeper league stash, but yeah. in real life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Have to wait and see with those ones. But yeah, just from the uh, mid-season draft, we think they're the players uh, most likely to just keep an eye on uh, to see how they go and hopefully they can translate their uh, sandfall, sorry, their state league form into the AFL. All right, let's move on to the listener tweets. (laughs) 
All right, we talk about every week. It's our favourite section. It's the listener tweets. Uh, this is where we put a shout out on Twitter and see if anyone wants to uh, pick our brains and ask us a few questions. And I guess these are the responses we got this week. So, at Bagels4 asks, uh, what happened to Jack Nunes? Now, Kay, you're a Jack Nunes owner. I What's am. happened to him? He's basically had a change of role since the start of the year. So, uh, he's almost gone back to that similar role he was playing last year when he actually wasn't scoring very well. The Saints have been a bit funny, though, uh, watching them recently. You know, Blake Akers, Shane Savage on the weekend, Jack Nunes, uh, Jack Sinclair, you name it. All those players' roles have kind of changed in throughout the year. So, they're just bloody hard to know what's going to come. And I know that makes them hard to field and uh, know to back with any confidence. It just feels like AFL coaches have no respect for us fantasy coaches. Yeah, I don't know. With uh, Jack Noons, I'm, I haven't really been watching him too closely. But, uh, yeah, I did notice a bit of a drop in his scoring. Mm, so He's gone from like 90s and 80s to 50s and 60s, which yeah. just, you know, I don't have much hair left, Hef, and it's falling out with this shit. I'm not sure if the AFL coaches do actually care too much about our fantasy sides, but they should. They should. <laughs> exactly. At <laughs> right. uh, Bales81 asks, Parrish and or McGrath to fill the midfield void of injured uh, Shield and Stringer. What do you think, guys? Mm, well, potentially Shield's still in. I'd give him a week because we just keep injuring our best players. But obviously, Stringer's gone. You'd think they'd be the front runners. Uh, Stringer's obviously been playing a pretty predominantly forward role and you want you, we really want Parrish and McGrath coming into that midfield role. As we've talked about earlier, I think Langford is the one who's going to see the big bump. Um, they've obviously taken Will Snelling in the draft who potentially plays that Smith, uh, potentially Stringer role. Add in Dylan Clark. He's uh, one to watch if he gets picked. Jordan Ridley's still out, which is crazy. Just please don't pick David Myers, Walsher. And you're probably going to get Myers out of those. Yeah. Uh, back to the Parish and or McGrath, I guess, question. I think McGrath is least likely to see a bump, I think. Well, sorry, that's not uh, what I mean. Sorry, Parish, I think, is more likely to improve his scoring with those guys mm. out, whereas McGrath's kind of been playing that kind of more consistent midfield role. Yep. And I don't know if he's going to change too much. Might get a little bit more responsibility, but I think Parish is more likely to see the bump there. Correct. Uh, at Trav014, gee, you guys are good. I know... Trav, uh, thanks for that. Uh, asked last week for Charlie Cameron versus Tim Membry. We picked that one right by one point. So Still matters. Really accurately there. Uh, that's why he comes to us first. Uh, Ablett out and maybe danger for another as well as Constable injured in the VFL. Is Scooter a chance? Nine tackles in the Magoos. Well, he's probably a big chance if they want to add some experience. And um, But the way that... Geelong are going at the moment. It wouldn't surprise me if they give Fogarty the chance, yep. um, especially as we talked about earlier with that Ablett half-forward flank role. He's also been playing well on the twos. Um, I think he was in the best on the weekend. Scott Selwood, I suppose they know what they're going to get with him. Yep. Um, and if they do want some hardness and, and some grit, he's probably the one, or even if they want a tagger. Uh, they are playing Sydney. So, you know, Sydney are historically a pretty strong, you know, midfield kind of team with some big boys in the midfield. So, yep. you know, it wouldn't be out of, the, out of the ordinary, but I'd be tipping Fogarty if it was me. And just clarifying for those people who are out there aren't good with our nicknames or, you know, AFL nicknames, Scooter is Scott Selwood. You yes. did mention that. Uh, at AFL Fantasy Questions, it's taken nine rounds, but I have to concede that my forward line is just shit. <laughs> you and me both, mate. <laughs> who are the best teams to stream forwards against? 
All right, so I had a look into this, and uh, at the moment, as it stands, uh, North Melbourne are giving up the most points to forwards mm. at an average of eighty-one point five uh, per game. Uh, from there, sorry, seventy-seven point seven. Sorry, I looked at the wrong mm-hmm. column there. Uh, and then uh, on top of that, Hawthorne, uh, the next to give up seventy-five point three, and Fremantle are giving up seventy-five point one. So those are the three, uh, I guess, teams that are giving up the most to forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melbourne and Carlton are also giving up lots of points to forwards too so if you're really struck uh, stuck try to pick some forwards from those teams yep. and they might uh, help you out a bit or looking at the the games this week north are playing richmond so potentially a, a caddy or a, a baker who we've talked about earlier yep um hawthorne are playing brisbane so maybe a, a charlie cameron um louis taylor you know these kind of guys so yep. they might be the ones you need to look at yep all right uh at DJ Quinlan 75 Danger and Rockliffe with both averaging around 100 is it time to sell and what are they worth in a dynasty league I don't think it's time to sell yeah because I can't see a world where they aren't averaging 100 plus for the next two seasons at least yeah like if you look at that Rocky is 29 he's scored six tons this season He's at 166, 132, 149. And his 91 on the weekend came from 51% time on ground. Yeah. And he was injured. Yeah. So Dangerfield's also 29. He's had five tons, which have included 134 and 138. Yeah. You know, these guys are pigs. So unless you're doing a bloody three to four year rebuild, you know, why would you? I don't, I just don't see why you'd give them up for no particular reason. You know, I don't even see a world where. You know, who would it take to, to, you know, for me to trade Rocky to you? Well, you know, this that's is, the question. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Rocky, I probably wouldn't be after as much, but maybe someone like Dangerfield. But yeah, this was like I was going to say, I'm probably, you know, after winning the flag, not sure if I've mentioned that before, in our league uh, last season, I've completely cleaned out, or, you know, attempted to clean out a lot of my list and a lot of players. And so if I've got someone like Dangerfield, what if you could get someone in, like, say, James Warple in a second year player, averaging in the 90s? As a straight swap. Yeah, no. something like that for Why Danger. Would you? Well, because Danger is up and down. Oh, no, it's not up and down. Well, he's a little bit. He's got five tons from 10 yeah, games. But he gets injured, you know, he sooks around a bit and he's probably only got a couple of years left. And I'm what I'm saying is I've got no chance of contending in the next, you know, two, three years. Is it worth going Is it worth going someone like that? Saying it, they're both 29 and they're both statistically, historically absolute pigs and they're not showing any signs of slowing down. Well, Rocky is looking very, very, very slow at the moment. He's still scoring like a very, very, very piggy player. I know that, but his, um, I guess his, uh, for me, his um, output in terms of uh, disposal efficiency and actual football numbers aren't the greatest at the moment. So we could see in two years' time him very well just not even getting a look in a port side. I highly doubt that. Oh, okay. Well, I'd like to go on the record and put that in the, the fact book. That these guys will still be scoring hundreds in two seasons' time. Okay, but I'm just saying in two years' time, he's going to be out of, contro- uh, he's going to be out of contract at uh, Port Adelaide. If he's not actually helping Port Adelaide play better football, and Port Adelaide, I think, are on the verge of a rebuild. But if you're swapping, swapping Warple, for example, that is serious unders. You reckon? Who? If That's just crazy. If you got war- danger for Warple... Yeah. You'd be laughed out of leagues. I would t- I'd definitely take Warple for Rockliffe. Like, if I could get no. Warple at Rockliffe, I'd definitely do that. No. Okay. Well, I won't offer you Warple then. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, at 17.7, is fourth worth, Fort worth a spot? Uh, will the Cats give him a real go? He would be a stash for me. So, um, I don't know if you've had a look, Hef, but I had a quick look at what Darcy Fort's done. He's had 77 and 41 in his two AFL games. He's obviously had some good SANFL and VFL numbers because we've talked about him a bit uh, pre-season and through this year. He's only 25. Now, is, is a stash what he is? 
Um, I don't know. Uh, it depends. I guess we have to see a bit more from the season whether he holds his spot. Mm. I guess it can't hurt. It all depends on how many keeper league spots you've got uh, yep. to give away. So if you've got you know twenty or so, yeah, probably might might be a go. Mm. If you've only got twelve or something like that, I probably wouldn't be keeping him. Um, but yeah, he does have good fantasy pedigree from state league level. And that first game he show, uh, he played showed a little bit of promise. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's too early to call for me, especially with uh, Ryan Abbott still sniffing around yep. and and still a big chance. You just want to see what happens after the buy with Fort and the and the Geelong Rucks, I think. Yep. Uh, at Russ, 2468, I've got Hooker on my bench and he's versus Colton this week. I think he's a chance for a 90. He'd have to squeeze out Haynes, Lockie Weller or Shane Savage. Should I keep him on the bench or swap him with one of the others? Hef, you're the numbers man on the pod. What have you come up with? Yeah, I think the three that you mentioned are going to be the uh, better types than uh, Hooker this weekend. Just going by my projections, which are available on our Patreon page, uh, Keeper League, sorry, patreon.com slash Keeper League pod. Cha-ching. Um, I've got Hooker going at about 70, where the rest are around that uh, high 70. So, Weller is a high, uh, 79, Haynes 80, and Savage 83 are my projections this week for those players. So, yeah, Hooker around the 70. Um, I'd be going the three on the bottom that you've mentioned uh, over Hooker. Mm. I just looked at him and a bit more of a emotional uh, pick here, and he's only scored 93, 95. Uh, they're his two best scores this season. They were early on, yeah. and after that, he's been a bit disappointing. It's, you know, I know that Carlton can be, you know, easy to score against, but at the same time, we saw there was only one ton uh, for St. Kilda against Carlton on the weekend. So I'd probably be inclined to back in Haynes, Weller, and Savage. They're best, but they've all been pretty consistent this year and scoring a bit better than him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the last one, Chris Jackson on our Facebook page. He shot through how likely are guys like Mills, Bose, Heaney, and Dunkley to retain their back forward status in 2020. Could it be an opportunity for teams to make some trades for Max upside? Yeah, I reckon uh, Mills is definitely a chance to keep his back status. Bose is no chance. Yeah. Uh, Heaney, he's kind of 50-50, I reckon, because yeah. he is spending a bit of time up there, but his best position is in the midfield and depends what Sydney need on the night and where he goes. Uh, Dunkley should retain as long as he doesn't do any more uh, midfield time, like he has been uh, last well, before last week. Um, yeah. yeah, he's a tricky one. He should retain, I think, as well. So, yeah. Yeah, Bose is pretty much the only one I'd say definitely losing. Yeah, yeah. and Mills is definitely locked because he's hasn't left their back 50 really. Yeah. Um, it is a good one to start thinking about if you are on the way out this season, if your season is floundering. You know, what you do with some of these guys who are DPP who look like, you know, potentially not retaining that next year. Darcy McPherson's one we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, you just got to kind of weigh up whether you think that their, you know, their losing DPP is more important than their potential you know, scoring bump or whatever it is when they continue to grow. So, yeah. you know, for me as a McPherson owner, I'd probably be happy to keep him, you know, as a as a sole midfielder because at this stage he's still an 88 average mid with potentially plenty of upside because of his, you know, ability um, yeah. and his experience. And there's um, probably, you know, 20 other players way more important than Darcy McPherson, but I just can't think of any off the top of my head. But, you know, moment. like people keep Jack Viney every year and he's a bloody 80-ish midfielder yeah, in most years. You know, it's just people get sucked into the, the name sometimes. Yeah. Lucky Whitfield is one that's worth thinking about I yeah. think because he's um, you know played a lot more midfield this year than that half back role so yeah. you know if you do have him he's a tough one because he's going to be a gun and a well, scorer he's, only, as he's mid- only the highest averaging player in the comp isn't he so yeah. as a midfielder you'd probably take that you're taking him <laughs> but you know it's one that, you know you might get a two for one deal you never know because someone's going to go for a flag and someone needs a good defender yeah, you so, might get two good you might get two good mids for him but still wouldn't be trading that guy he's a freak 
No. You put a C on him when he's scoring 190. Exactly. He's a, he's a jet. All right. That uh, wraps up the show for this week. Uh, we guess we'll plug the socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, the website has lots of good, uh, I guess, premium resources and things mm-hmm. like that. So head to keeperleaguepod.com.au. The Patreon page at Keeper. Sorry, I keep messing that one up. Patreon.com slash Keeper League Pod. Again, if you want any of those bonus stats, stats that do feature on our website, you'll need to sign up to a as a Patreon subscriber to receive those. But anyway, that wraps up the show for this week. Anything to add, Kays? That is it. Go the Bombers. All right. We'll see you next week.